You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, where we look back at the week that's just passed since we last spoke and look forward to what's going to happen. And I know David Shapiro has got something for us because the first thing, he didn't even say hello, Lindsay, when I phoned him up. He said, you know, Lindsay, I've been doing some work. And I said, okay. <laughs> she says, I've been looking at stocks. I said, okay, well, that's what you do for a living, so that's not a surprise. But David, you were alluding to the fact that you'd had a look yeah. at local stocks and the destruction of wealth and the underperformance over a number of years. Please tell us more. Well, you know, I've been looking, I've been following uh, a number of stocks every day regularly. And uh, I, I think we've discussed it many times on your show before that I felt that this year is going to be a destructive year after, after battling for a couple of years, companies finally capitulate. What I mean by that is that they try initially when things get bad, they try and save costs and they try and uh, not stint, but they hold back on capital expenditure, hold back on maintenance, hold back on developing computer programs and so on. And eventually after three years where you're not making the top line, it starts to hurt. And I was looking at a company that that I've always admired and watched carefully, which is Supergroup. They came out with a voluntary statement today where throughout the world they're under a little bit of under pressure. And uh, for the first time in a number of years uh, since the new management team took over from uh, Larry Lipschitz, I think about 10 or 11 years ago, they're under pressure and uh, profits are down. But when I looked at the share price, I couldn't believe, you know, they've gone back six years. And it's only one of many companies where we've seen similar kind of trend. And I have to mention them. I looked at Sassel today, which is trading at like 222 the last time we saw that is, Lindsay, you, you've got to believe it. It's at the depths of the crisis in 2008, November and eight. You know, that's when it plunged and it recovered from then. So we've gone back to those levels, which is uh, 12 years in Cecil's uh, share price. Um, that's one of them, you know. Uh, just yeah, uh, before eight. you go on, let's just oh. contextualize this with some details from the voluntary trading statement that you alluded to today, which came okay, out at lunchtime. Of, of, so of, of Supergroup, you're right. Here it goes. Supergroup's financial results for the six months to the 31st of December 2019 have been negatively impacted by extremely difficult trading conditions in all mm the geographies within which it operates. So extremely and all. So it's not just one Mm. area that's dragged it down. The deteriorating South African economic growth statistics, exacerbated by a very competitive domestic market environment, political uncertainties in Europe and the UK, as well as the change in SGs, that supergroup's fleets, a product offering culminated in a decrease in revenue and earnings for the first time in 11 years. The first time in 11 years. It's like mm-hmm. Comair yeah. coming out and saying, well, the, for mm-hmm. the first time we haven't made an operating mm-hmm. profit. Mm-hmm. Isn't that extraordinary? It is. It is. You know, and they've held up very well. Admittedly, they're being hurt by the UK where there's a lot of uncertainty. And also in Europe, there have been certain uh, conditions that have acted against them. But I think to a large extent, uh, this is a company that has well diversified and has done well. But I think my worry is that 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 locally, uh, you know, things have tightened around them, which in the first place forced them to go and seek growth elsewhere. But uh, Supergroup is one of these companies where you would blindly say buy it, you know, good, good uh, competitive management team, know what they're doing. And yet when you look back and you say, okay, 
So if I've had this chair for six years, I'm back where I started. And it's just symptomatic of what's happened in so many uh, other cases. The one that we've discussed, you know, it's it, it just, just kind of moving on a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, the ones that we've discussed before, um, City Lodge. Now, I like City yes. Lodge. You know, uh, I thought it was a very well operation. Apparently, maybe there are things there that the share price performance is now starting to expose. But the same thing, progressively over the last week since they announced their trading statement, I think they're down about 10 or 12% since we last spoke. Um, I'm just going to check on them now, but we've gone back years. And this I'll go you know, along the line from PPC to EOH has virtually destroyed all its value. You know, Von Collard took over, the, uh, left the bank to try and uh, turn this company around. It's gone from, the share price has gone from 175 Rand about three and a half years ago to 5 Rand. It's destroyed 96% of its value. And these are companies where analysts uh, – uh, fawned over management and continually told you to buy. Tongart's another one. You know, it can go on. So goes Sun. Sappy. Adcock Ingram has now given up so much of its value. Famous brand must be at a, I don't know what what low uh, famous brand is. These are some smaller companies that don't necessarily show up on the index. You know, in other words, the the difference between the performance of these businesses and the index is wide, you know, it's very, very wide. So you don't really get the feel for what's happening to small and medium cap stocks uh, on our market. Another one. Where do we go? Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about more of the analyses that you've done this afternoon or this morning. But here's one from Intu. It says here, further to recent press speculation, Intu Properties, PLC, confirms that it is engaged in constructive discussions with shareholders, including the Peel Group and others, and new investors, including Link Real Estate Investment Trust and others, in relation to a proposed equity raise alongside Intu's full-year results at the end of February. Now, I thought that sort of thing would mean the share price would go down. Have a look at your Intu screen, if you would, uh, David. Did you see it? I saw that. 28% 28% mm. or something. Yeah, but you have to understand where they've come from. You know, I mean, it's uh, – I'll give you the price now. Um, they're virtually bankrupt. When I say bankrupt, they're virtually worthless. Um, if my screen – yeah, you are. I mean, <laughs> it's just – you know, the share price has fallen to give you an idea. It's 3 rand 30 or something, decent. yeah. It, it, it's, it's 3 rand 30 from – a year ago, let's go back a year because they had already started to plunge. If we go back a year, they were 21 rand or 20 rand and a half. Ouch. So they've got, yeah. So that's, I mean, they've virtually fallen off, the, you know, fallen off the chart. I mean, so um, to give an idea, they were on the rise at one stage. On the 15th of January 2016, they were 70 rand a share. So Wait a second, from years. 70 rand to 3 rand. So it's part of the 90% yeah, yeah, club yeah, that Nick Kunzer yeah, often yeah, talks yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. 96% down in the last, if I give you a five-year, oh, that's a 15-year. Let me give you a five-year. I, I gave you a 15-year view. Over five years, they're down 95%. Same thing. It's so outrageous. It's, it's, yeah, it is outrageous. And the problem is into was part of Liberty Holdings, uh, Liberty International, which is a property group that Donnie Gordon started out of Liberty at one stage. Shane, the late Donnie, he, he died not too long ago. Mm. He always said if he would have only known about property, 
you know, this is where he would have made his business. You know, he was, he became a sir, I think, for his contributions to the arts in the in the UK. Um, but I still believe the family has got quite a big or extensive holding, you know, in in into. Now they've destroyed ninety five percent of it in the last five years. Uh, the other part of it is in Kepka, you know, which is held up better because that's. Uh, um, that's Covent Garden, so it hasn't done brilliantly. It's down, but I think has held up a lot better than Into. But this was the substance. What we're talking about now was the substance of his investment, the shopping centres in the UK. It's just a tragic story, and and a lot. If you look at Coronation, I believe they've got. Listen, they've got a huge balance sheet, and I mean a huge spread of investments. But uh, this is one that they took up in great uh, uh, quantities. Well, they have to because they've got nothing else to do with their money. They have to. I mean, money keeps on flowing in and they have to put it somewhere. It's not as if yeah, they're trading yeah. the S&P or the New York Stock Exchange where they've got thousands and thousands of stocks to pick from. They've just got a few, probably, I don't know, if you look at Coronation, how many stocks can they really buy? I'm not saying anything in case I get into trouble like I often do. Coronation's a great company, it. but it is very restricted in the number of companies in which it can Invest. How many companies would you say that Coronation could make an impact on their portfolios with in the Republic of South Africa? A hundred, seventy? How many? They need in order to make a. They only need about ten or twenty. What they do own is they own the entire market. Yes. You know, so they've got a huge spread of investment simply because of those cash flows that you talk about. So um, while. While it can take a big chunk in into, they always write it off and say, oh, well, it's not a huge part of our business, as they said with Steinoff, as they said with African Bank, you know, where they were exposed to as well. With me, it's a different story. You know, I don't care how small your holding is. You've got to understand the reason that you bought them in the first place. What kind of research did you do, you know, to justify even a small amount of uh, exposure? Uh, and that worries me. You know, I don't care whether you're a big investor or a small investor. Do your homework properly. And you know, if it's a, don't 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 be frivolous with other people's money. And Coronation handles other people's money. So what you're saying so is you that have, it, rather put it in the money market or into into cash exactly. than than invest in an equity just, just because it's there. Absolutely, one hundred percent right. Yeah. You know, don't you know? You've got a lot of analysts and you've got a lot of youngsters who have got lots of money flowing in and feel the the need to put it into something. Just do your homework. You're handling other people's money, not your own. What you can do with what you want, Lindsay. You want to go long? What's it? You want to go long platinum, short play? Fine. That's you. You know what I mean? That's your own money. You can bear the loss. You can laugh it off. When you deal with other people's money, you've got to be extra, extra cautious. Yeah, you have. It's also other people's ideas. I mean, and this is completely off track, but I was watching a comedian, an Australian comedian the other night, and he was talking about the pro-life movement. And he said, yeah, you can be pro-life, you can do what you like, but do it with your own life, not with my yeah. life. So do yeah. this exactly what you're saying. Be, be careful, because it's your money and you are the custodian of that. You have, a, is the word fiduciary, responsibility with this person's yes. money. Just be yes. good. It doesn't matter yes. if it's a tiny part of the big picture of your asset management company. Mm. Be nice and do it yeah. properly. Did mm. right. Okay. Any other stocks apart from the one City Lodge? Yeah, look, we've got, we've got all of them. Uh, you know, Go looking on. at something like Famous Brands as well. Mm. And you don't realize that Famous Brands in the last few weeks has just plunged from 80 Rand now to around about 62 Rand. I'm giving rough numbers on that. 
And again, looking at the chart, I'm trying to find out where we are in terms of pricing. And we've gone back in famous brands, you know, which was one of the favorites because it, it, it was taken over by Hedewick, or Hedewick took over what was once, what was at the Black Steer, um, uh, the Steer Group, and changed it into famous brands and, uh, you know, embarked on buying Tashes and so many other well-known hmm. uh, franchises here. You know where we are? We're back now in the year 2012. That's where the price is now, 2012. So um, that's another eight years gone backwards in, in, in holding that. This is a, a sort of a boardroom story. But if you and I had set up a caravan and yeah. a food truck or something and we sold burgers and, and chips and things like that at a sporting event or something, eventually mm. we would have two or three food trucks. Famous brands would have bought us during their heyday yes. because they just wanted to buy everything. Said, no, we want that yeah. now. Well, we'll do something what, with it. They wanted the manufacturing and distribution and, uh, and logistics. So they said, listen, if we own that, uh, you can own the franchise. What you will do is you will buy your bread and your rolls and your butter and your cheese from us, and we will make sauces and, you know, control you. So I think the thought process was almost uh, to turn us into a food company, you know, where we supply the outlets. Yes. Um, it, it went hopelessly wrong when they went and what was it, the Great Burger Company or the… Gourmet Burger oh Kitchen. Gourmet, Gourmet Burger, yeah, mm. which, which virtually crippled them and took them backwards. Mm. And um, they haven't recovered, and suddenly now they're in a deep plunge, but seriously deep plunge, and, and going back now to, to levels that they last traded as 2012. But it's a good business. I mean, it really is an excellent business yeah, that just got a little bit ahead of itself. I mean, I can, I can tell you, David, when I used to eat burgers, which I don't anymore, for various reasons. I've become a little bit PC in, in my old age. I think the best burger, I, without a doubt, of its, of its class is the King Steers Burger. I love the yeah. King Steers Burger. It's juicy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's simple. It's not covered in all sorts of fancy organic sauces. It's just a brilliant burger. And when you've had a couple yeah. of beers on a Saturday night, you go to the Steers, you buy this thing. I've had many a happy munch on one of those things. Good oh, company. Listen, the quality. I know. I go to Tasha's still. I go up the road here to, um, to Paul's. Yeah, Paul's, <laughs> you know, Paul's is just up the road. Virtually every day I buy, you know, a roll there. They got fresh. They got lovely produce. Uh, so I'm, I'm not complaining about their uh, the quality of the service you get and the quality of the food. What's happened is that the holding company now is coming under immense pressure. Now I'm merely trying to illustrate yes. uh, the kind of reversals that we're seeing in local shares here. Uh, you know, the value investors kept saying that somewhere along the line we're going to see value emerging, and this market will present uh, an attractive uh, entry. It doesn't look like it. looks like going worse before it gets better. The one, I, I, the one that, 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 that um, and I can't remember the name, and I'm going to kill myself for this one, is PPC. Yes. Um, PPC is the same thing, you know, in the last, uh, uh, what have got, 10 years, it's lost 90% of its value. Now, when we used to be invited, you know, a few years ago to a luncheon, which Macquarie used to host with PPC, and we met management, it was always a major attraction to hear what was happening in the market, in the country, and it was always entertaining. Now, PPC is worth a few billion. No one wants to look at it. You know, it just mm. it, it, it was listed, I think, in, in 1895 or thereabouts. I don't know when. It's one of these companies that is probably 
uh, among a handful of uh, companies that, you know, that have had more than 100 years on the JSC. Wonderful business now, just worth nothing. Yes, indeed. They had an Arsenal middle. Yeah, I mean, their results came out the other day. I mean, with PPC, it's all to do with the fact that there's no local demand. It expanded uh, too quickly to other facilities, I think it was. And maybe Mm. I'm wrong, because, again, I'm one of those people that don't follow the company because it's too small and people don't talk about it on my broadcast. But also the competition from imports from places like uh, Pakistan. Maybe the the concrete or the the cement Mm -hmm. is not as good quality as PPC because it's it's really, really good quality. But it's just too expensive. It is. Well, I, I don't think there's demand. I don't think there's any demand for... We're seeing it coming through in cash bills results. You know, Cashbuild is a distributor of, of cement, so you can see Cashbuild's results are on quite a lot of pressure uh, simply because uh, there's no building taking place, even in the private sector. Uh, private sector means, you know, the bucky builders or people who come home on the weekend and want to add a room or uh, do some repairs. Mm-hmm. There's no demand from them at all. And you're seeing it in, 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 in a lot of the uh, building outlets as well. And so they're a mixture. You know, they do a lot of those, put them in a – in a brown bag, you know, <laughs> and stack them up and <laughs> a brown paper bag. But um, you've also got the trucks. You know, I don't see the trucks going through our streets anymore, you know, squirreling around in uh, in, in concrete. Oh, those cement mixer things, yeah. Mm. So men, you don't see them anymore, uh, Lindsay. So anyway, uh, but, but um, you know, falling off the chart. Uh, the, the other one is, is, is in front of me is Adcock Ingram, which is also plunging now going back three, four years, we were virtually back to the level. You know, uh, this has been taken over by Bidvest, by taking over. They've now taken control of Bidvest. And they couldn't sell Adcock Ingram, and they said, well, if we can't sell it, we're going to, you know, we're going to fix it up. And, and at one stage, they were virtually back to the price at which they paid, you know, paid for the company, which was, I don't know, six or seven years ago. I can't remember the exact date. And subsequent to that, they've, um, they've come all the way down to about 47 rand. We were nearly break even a year or two ago, but unfortunately not holding their price. And again, another one of these companies just slipping, but, but quite heavily on a sell off. So it's it's yeah it's, it's scary stuff. Eh? It is, and the other one that really caught my eye and has been it's be, it's become a little bit of a bee in my bonnet, and that is is Sassel. Now Sassel, an international yeah. company, a fine yeah. company, an innovative company when it was first set up because of political reasons. We we had mm. to have Sassel, and the technology that it introduced to the world was extraordinary. But now I was talking to Nick Kunzer this morning on the opening. And I sort of put out this philosophical argument that this is a company, almost like a buggy whip company. In the future, there will be no Sassel because people will not be buying fossil fuels. And it's almost as though it started out. And never mind the demand for fossil fuels and oil and gas and everything else. It's because of ESG, environmental, Mm -hmm. social Mm -hmm. and governance. Mm -hmm. And people are already saying... Yeah, we think it's going to make money. We think it's going to do well. And we think Lake Charles will eventually turn itself around. But our shareholders and our annual report cannot stomach the fact that this is a company that pollutes. So we don't want it. So get out of it. And there's no accident that this thing was 320 a few weeks ago. It's now 220. Yeah, Yeah. dead right. It is. And we thought that after the results came out, which they disclosed certain issues, but they weren't that bad. We thought it would hold at the 260 level and build from there. In fact, it's gone the other way. 
Yes, admittedly, um, the oil price is under pressure. But on the other hand, the rand has given back as well. So the mm. rand's at 1509 um, you know, at this point. So they should be benefiting from that, whether it's because of worries over Lake Charles and whether it's worries about the chemical prices falling, uh, you know, chemical prices falling with with gas, with sorry, oil prices, uh, I'm not sure. But there's, there's, there's certainly issues that are disturbing the people who hold the share, which we haven't quite grasped and don't know what, this, you know, what has taken them to these levels. It might be concerns about the culture. It might be concerns about management. But uh, this is a share under severe pressure. And as I said, we're back to 208 levels, which is 12 years of, of gains and sweating that have just gone. And it's a big company. It's, it's owned it's by a lot of institutions. You know, I, I, I think a lot of institutions hold it. I don't want to, you know, I haven't got enough. Uh, I could get, I could get. Um, we know who they are. Quickly as we're talking, yeah. Mm. But, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it, it, it's a big problem. It's a huge problem. Okay, what are you doing then? Because you've obviously got, when I said the phrase, be in, be in my bonnet earlier on, you've obviously sat down on this Monday morning scene, read across your screen, and felt compelled to do some research and analysis on the South African, the state of the South African market. Are there any rays of light, David Shapiro? Because we need something to hang our hat on here. Look, I'm not, you know where my, my head is, and uh, my head is mainly overseas. I know we're coming under quite a bit of pressure in the, in, in the U.S. today. Uh, you know, the coronavirus story is starting to build, and it's worrying people. It's just unsettling them. Mm. Uh, Jay Powell talks today. He's, uh, he gives the Humphrey Hawkins, it used to be called the Humphrey Hawkins talk, which he does semi-annually. And he answers a lot of questions in Congress. I don't know whether there's a bit of nervousness against that. I would think that this is the virus. You know, the news is we're probably peaking, but it's going to take a bit of time before the the outcome or the understanding flows through markets. So I think there is a bit of nervousness uh, in markets at the moment. I can live with it. So, But I'm not worried about what's happening uh, overseas. I am much more worried about what we're seeing here. And that's why I bring these up. These kind of sell-offs and also the results that we're hearing from Supergroup, you know, the results that are starting to come through are, are deeply disturbing. Over and above that, we are, we've got the State of the Nation this Thursday. Mm. No one knows politically what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen, what he's going to say. We've got this $250 billion discussion that's taking place, you know, uh, brought up by Kasatu, whether you can just go and steal um, pensioners' money in order to save Eskom. And so, so there are a lot of things that are disturbing the market here. And But the sell-off in e these equities is something that I think has bypassed us. I don't, you know, I don't think we highlight it because we tend to concentrate at the top end of the market, you know, where it's the market's been held up by mining shares and it's been held up by, uh, by you know, some of the, the, the big offshore players like Nasdaq and Process and that. But uh, the, these shares have far, far underperformed, uh, you know, the, the, the index. Okay. I mean, is, are these the last throws of the sell-off, though? I mean, we're talking… I think in... it'll go… Yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry. No, I think it'll go for a bit of time, Lindsay. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, interrupt. What mm. I mean is that um, is, is, is I think it is, it is the start of the, uh, you know, the sell-off. Of a capitulation. 
And, and, and that's what worries me. How long does it take? Six months, a year, I don't know. You know, that's, 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 that's the worry. It is disturbing. Okay, David, let's finish with football if we can. There was, wasn't much this weekend. I thought there was a break, but anyway, Man City, West Ham were due to play, but because of the wind and rain, they called it off for safety reasons. But uh, the one thing that's really interested me over the weekend is the Milan derby, which was last night. And uh, AC Milan, obviously they play in the same stadium, the, the San Siro, so it's a home game and an away game. But anyway, AC Milan were 2-0 up, courtesy of a second goal by Ibrahimovic, who's come back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing for Milan now. Yeah, he scored, and it was two 0 at half time to AC Milan. And then the final score was Internazionale Milano uh, four, AC Milan two, and Romelu Lukaku scored the fourth goal. And he has scored 20 goals in 29 games. And I look at, and again, I'm talking about management <laughs> and boardrooms and things like that. He couldn't hit a cow's bottom with a banjo at Manchester United. At, he goes to Milan. United. And despite the racist abuse that he is subjected to, he is a cult hero, certainly with the home fans, and he's been rejuvenated. It just shows you, you can have all these resources, and if you don't manage them properly, you stuff up. And I think that is a problem with certain South African companies. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. From the, I think that you might have said it, I'm not quite sure that maybe um, South African management has been over, overrated. And, you know, once we get into the international arena, which has happened over the last few years, we find that we're not as good uh, as our reputation suggested. And um, it is a – listen, it's a story. It just shows you with the right management or the right guidance what can be produced. Uh, I'm surprised at that. I missed it. I was watching the cricket, though. The cricket was <laughs> great. It was, a good, it was a good weekend for South African sport and also yeah. for the national psyche because the tennis mm. match on Friday night was mm. good. 50,000 people at the mm. old Greenpoint Stadium now, the Cape Town Stadium, and then the, the cricket, the Wanderers, was full and it was pink and people were having good, honest fun even though that they lost horribly to England and the stadium was empty in the last mm. half hour. It doesn't matter. It was a really good weekend, I thought, didn't you? No, it was. The sad thing for me is that the stadium is across the road from where I live. Mm. And I was watching. I didn't realize that there was a delay between the live broadcast and by the time, uh, by, by the live match and by the time it hits your screen. And every time a tap was running into bowl, I could hear the crowd going up. I knew a wicket was taken. <laughs> you could hear in advance <laughs> or a six was scored, depending on who, very partisan crowd. <laughs> it was a very good match. David Shapiro, thank you very much for your time this evening, as always. That was David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassfin Securities. David, I never give you a plug. How do people get hold of you? Because I know a lot of people love your wisdom. <laughs> my, yeah, you mean my email? Well, if you, if you want people to contact you. I mean, maybe your, your no, client box is full. I don't know. No, I only get uh, requests from rabbis for, for donations and that. Those are most <laughs> of the people that write to me. <laughs> Okay, if it's in case someone wants to give you a donation, <laughs> what is it? That's easy, david.shapiro at sassman.com, straightforward. David.shapiro. It's the best way to get hold of me, yeah. Jolly good. At sassman.com. I hope yeah. you get a flood of inquiries. We always answer. This. No, we always answer. We always answer. Which is not, you know what I mean? not always the case. As a news organization, I've been trying to get in touch with for the last week, and they're so no. arrogant, they don't get back to me. Not even to say, Lindsay... Go and jump in the lake. We don't want to hear from you. But anyway, David, thank you so much for your time. David Shapiro is Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities, and that was Shapiro World, back next Monday and also tomorrow night with Nick Kunza.
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.